You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is CJ Palmasano, and this one is going to be a bit of a shorter one. Uh, not a full hour here, guys, so very apologies. If this is your first time joining us, they are usually longer, but uh, I am pressed for time. <laughs> another one of those days, you know, real life is just kind of getting in the way, but I want to put something out for you guys. But the big thing to talk about here is... Um, Cesaro has left WWE. Uh, it was broken yesterday, the release of this recording, and today, uh, about six hours ago, the time of this recording, that according to PW Insider, Cesaro, real name Claudio Castagnoli, has quietly exited WWE as his current contract expired. The two sides respond, uh, respondedly have been working on a new deal, but couldn't come to an agreement on terms. Since Claudio's current deal expired and he wasn't released, he doesn't have a 90-day no-compete clause and could sign with any other company as soon as he wishes. With all his talent, there's belief there will be plenty of offers on the table. Now, this comes as a big shock, as if for those of you who uh, may not remember or didn't know, I didn't even know. I didn't even know this happening at the time when it did. That Cesaro's contract was coming to an end in, with WWE sometime last year. You know, they gave him the the big Mania match with Seth Rollins last year. They gave him the push uh, to be one of Roman Reigns' opponents for the Universal Championship. And he beat Seth Rollins in a great match. And he lost to Roman Reigns in another really great match. And apparently that was able for him that was able to get him to resign. And then since then, he um, he kind of didn't do much else. I think the next I was watching the bit of a review from Ollie Davis from Wrestle Talk and saying that he was um, the next pay per view match he had was against Hell in a Cell at against Seth Rollins, and he lost, which is astounding to me. Um, you know, it's it's another classic example of WWE signing somebody and then they just don't use them. Like maybe not not that, but it's it's a it's an example of someone WWE doesn't want to let go to because they know they'll be an asset somewhere else, but he is not being used to his full potential as he should. So Cesaro was with the company from two th- uh, started in around 2010 2011. I remember when he was Antonio Cesaro. And he was the U.S. champion. Uh, going through here, through some of his accomplishments of championships that he's done in the company. Um, he was U.S. champion, but not too many people remember that. Not too many people really cared at that time. It wasn't until he won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, uh, the first winner, becoming a Paul Heyman guy. And not much happened from that either. Um, but he later uh, became a... Tag team champion with Tyson Kidd very briefly at uh, leading to WrestleMania 31 on the pre-show. <laughs> okay. Um, 
that was a tag team that could have been done really, really great things, unfortunately, or throwaway together tag team, but unfortunately Tyson Kidd was injured and then eventually retired uh, due to an injury he had with Samoa Joe in a dark match. And then he went on to win the uh, Raw Tag Team Championships with Sheamus four times with Debar, one of my favorite uh, tag teams in recent memory, and at one point I thought was probably the best tag team in the whole, in the whole company. Uh, and then you had him win the SmackDown Tag Team Championships with Sheamus again. They lost to The Miz and Shane McMahon, I remember, unfortunately. And I don't even remember this. But apparently he was SmackDown Tag Team Champions with Shinsuke Nakamura. Does anybody else remember that? Because I don't. I, I don't remember them being Tag Team Champions together. I mean... There's just so much stuff that they did with guys like Cesaro and Nakamura. I'm just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, the, I, I guess. Or I'm like, wait, what? Like, Nakamura was recently the Intercontinental Champion in WWE. And I completely forgot that he was champion. Yeah, Nakamura was Intercontinental Champion two times. U.S. Champion two times. Yeah. He had it two times? Nakamura was U.S. Champion two times? I don't even remember. I'm, I digress. My apologies. But, you know, Cesaro had all the capability in all the world to be a top-level guy, even to the point where Stone Cold Steve Austin even asked Vince McMahon straight up on the first interview he did on WWE Network about Cesaro, saying, you know, he has all the talent in the world, and, you know, and they think he says he's lacking a bit of charisma. And I think because Vince doesn't, because he's foreign. I mean, that's that's really what it is. I'm trying to think about what foreign wrestler has gone to the top, and I mean all the way to the top, and has been accepted by the fans as a top guy, and the machine got behind him. If any of you can name me any of these wrestlers, let us know on Twitter at TNAWP, because I can't. There's plenty of wrestlers who were over with the fans, but the machine, meaning the company, didn't want to push them. Rusev was one of them. Uh, 2018, Rusev Day was like the thing to chant with people. Rusev Day, Rusev Day, Rusev Day. It was the most over thing. I remember Sam Roberts' podcast. I remember he was he was doing stuff with WWE, and he was part of the pre-show stuff, and they were filming something outside of the Superdome in New Orleans, and the he was instructed to tell the fans uh, just when the camera starts rolling, just start making noise. Chant whatever you want. And they started chanting Rusev Day. And it was it was a lot there. And Cesaro had moments like that too where he looked like he was getting this baby face push that we all wanted him to have and he just never did. And the other thing from the WrestleTalk video I watched is that Ollie Davis said that he lost a majority of his matches after his last pay-per-view appearance from Seth Rollins at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view last year. Um... It's sad that they didn't even, they couldn't even capitalize on this guy. But the fact that he has no 90 day no compete clause, there's only really one place where he is probably going to go. I mean, could he go to New Japan? Probably, but most likely not. Could he go to Impact? Mm, I don't see it. The uh, On the po- a poll that I put up on our Twitter page, again, at TNAWP, uh, that's saying that Cesaro has left WWE. Where do you want to see him go? And 
3% of you guys, of the voters, said go to the Indies. 13% said impact. And it's a tie at 42% for New Japan Pro Wrestling and AEW. Personally, I want to see him go to AEW. And as bloated as you may argue their roster is, and yes, it is very full. There's a lot of guys on that roster and girls on that roster. But I think it's the best place for him. You're telling me you don't want to see Claudio Castagnoli versus Keith Lee? Claudio Castagnoli versus Kenny Omega? Brian Danielson, John Moxley, CM Punk, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. Hmm? Any of these guys? You know, Malachi Black, uh, Penta, uh, Penta, Phoenix, Jungle Boy, John Silver. I mean, I'm kind of going all over the place. But I want to see these matches happen. Hangman Page, the world champion. Come on. Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen. These are guys that would have great matches. He'd have great matches with all of them. You know, and the, the my biggest just, uh, Claudio Castagnoli re, uh, dream match right now is Keith Lee. And I, I, to my knowledge, I don't think they've ever had a match together or against each other. Unless Cesaro was in the that tag team that five on five on five tag team match for Survivor Series, and I don't think he was, if I remember correctly. Um, if I remember correctly, that was a no. I think that Survivor Series when he was with the Bar, they that was when Drake Maverick peed his pants. Um, I think that's it. Doesn't matter. But I don't think Keith Lee and Cesaro have ever locked up, and I would really love to see that match. Another guy out there who is a free agent, who was released by WWE a few years ago. And he just so happened to be a former tag team partner of Claudio Castagnoli. Chris Hero, you might remember him as Cassius Ono in WWE. Those two had an in, had an independent run as the tag team known as the Kings of Wrestling. Those guys were incredible together. And you can't tell me you wouldn't want to see the Kings of Wrestling in AEW, would you? You're not going to tell me you don't want to see Kings of Wrestling versus FTR, the Young Bucks, Red Dragon, uh, Silver and Reynolds, Lucha Bros. You tell me you don't want to see any of that shit? Come on. No, I'm just kidding. kidding. You probably guys want to see all the matches that I'm mentioning. But it's a shame that WWE couldn't actually capitalize on this guy. But I'm so happy that he gets to leave. He he's that Hopefully he's happier. He can go off. I mean, if I'm Tony Khan, I am blowing up this guy's phone right now trying to get a conversation with him. And you could do a few ways to get him into AEW. One, he could show up on Dynamite as early as this coming Wednesday, the 2nd of March. You could also do a, um, you could have him show up on, at Revolution in the ladder match. Hell, you could even have him, you could have him and Chris Hero show up on Wednesday. Take that final spot in that triple threat match for the tag titles. I, 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 I assume that last spot's going to go to the Young Bucks considering the, uh, the story that's being built with Red Dragon and the Young Bucks in the moment, but I really think it would just be great, man. You know, Chris Hero hasn't done much since his release. I think he's just really done a podcast here and there. He hasn't done much on the indies, not that I'm aware of. I could be wrong, but I haven't, at least what I've seen, he hasn't done much, and I think Chris Hero would be a really great asset to AEW as well. So 
wherever Claudio Castagnoli ends up, I'm sure he will thrive. He will have amazing matches no matter where he goes. I mean, I hope, I mean, I think if he goes to AEW, he will, the AEW will still eventually get that New Japan partnership and, you know, get like an AEW versus New Japan type of deal going on, rivalry, like, you know, I mean, because we could see Claudio lock up with guys like Okada and Naito, Kota Ibushi, Will Ospreay in the future. Ooh, Will Ospreay versus Cesaro, that'd be fucking awesome. And I'm off the cuff here, I'm not even thinking about all this stuff. Um, yeah, man, it would be really cool. I think Claudio Casagnoli will be an asset no matter where he goes, and I'm excited to see where he's sh- where and when he will show up. Uh, another guy who is uh, who has a better uh, Jesus Christ who has a better idea as to where he's going is Jeff Hardy. Now, apparently, Jeff Hardy claim uh, said in an interview that he is going to AEW. Um, apparently, that might have been a bit of a mistake by J- uh, Jeff Hardy's part. Because uh, it says here that Jeff Hardy has officially clarified the air after his recent interview saying he was joining All Elite Wrestling. In an interview with Jared Myers, Hardy revealed that he was coming to AEW. This this would be ahead of his 90-day no, uh, non-compete clause expiring, so Jeff took to Twitter to address the statement. Jeff said, nothing is official, social media, it, can, it can't be right now. I've simply set a goal for myself, and I will achieve it. Eventually... The main thing is don't get excited. Jeff Hardy was released in December uh, 9th of 2021, so he won't be able to officially take or sign with AEW until March 9th. As previously noted, Hardy also addressed his feelings toward WWE after the way he was released from the company in the same interview. Um, that was uh, courtesy of WrestleTalk.com. Uh, Jeff Hardy saying that he wants to go to AEW, but um, he wants to clarify and kind of settle people down a bit because really he can't say where he's going or when he's going to go. Um, I guess trying to kind of get him out of some legal trouble. That, again, another guy that would be a huge asset to AEW and that would add to the tag division because Matt has made it no secret that he wants to have a Hardy Boys farewell tour, tour so to speak, in AEW, you know? Again, like Hardy's, if if you don't know, they are my favorite tag team of all time. The Hardy Boys are my favorite tag team of all time. And, you know, them against Young Bucks, Red Dragon, FTR, just three, uh, again, you know, three of my favorite tag teams in the past uh, decade or so. You know, just those tag teams in the past, they have done such great work together. You know, the Young Bucks have worked with both teams and FTR. They all worked with each other in the past before, regardless of how many times they have worked together. But it would be great to see those guys together. You know, like a straight-up heel FTR and babyface Hardys would be awesome. Uh, Red Dragon, great again. It's There's a lot that I think the more tag teams for AEW, the better, because somehow they're they're able to make every tag team feel important and nobody kind of gets really lost in the shuffle. And I think it would just be nice to have, you know, um, one tag team we haven't really seen much of in recent memory. If they weren't on the tag team battle Royal, I apologize. I'm not going to be talking, covering everything with AEW this week. Uh, I'm just gonna be talking about some key points, um, is, uh, evil Uno and Stu Grayson. I don't remember the last time they got together and tagged. I don't remember. I don't know if they were in the tag team battle Royal. If they weren't, I didn't see all the Battle Royal. I just saw like the last few minutes of it. So, yeah, they're, the tag team division is very strong in AEW, and it would just be nice to have them in there, you know? Um, 
more to come. We will see. Hopefully, uh, after the 90 day non complete for Jeff, compete rather for Jeff Hardy comes around, then uh, hopefully we will see. Um, one thing is for certain though, is that Edge will be having a WrestleMania match, and I want to talk about this a little bit from Raw. There isn't much I want to talk about from Raw, honestly, but I do want to talk about this. That Jeff Hardy, he did, Jeff Hardy, sorry, Edge, he did lay an open challenge to whoever wants to step up. He teased a few people. He teased AJ Styles. Uh, he might have teased Cody Rhodes a bit as well. Um, I've been saying on the podcast for quite some time now that I think Edge versus AJ Styles needs to happen. I think um, it's it's amazing how when Edge made his return at the Royal Rumble in 2020, yeah, remember when 2020 wasn't such a terrible, terrible year in the very beginning? Things were actually looking up pretty well. Um, when Edge made his amazing return to the Royal Rumble and him and AJ squared off against each other. They couldn't do too much because AJ got injured. Uh, I think because initially Edge was supposed to spear AJ, but uh, and eliminate him, but I think uh, I think uh, that's why Anderson took the spear and why Anderson took the uh, the uh, elimination. Um, I it, it's criminal because Edge said in an interview, I think with Corey Graves, that um, both of those guys have been in the industry for over twenty years plus, on and off, and that was the first time they had ever stood in the ring together. Just that brief moment. And there's no doubt in my mind that that would be the most interesting match leading into WrestleMania for me, personally, even if Stone Cold Steve Austin does return, it would, I'm just tantalized by the, by the idea of Edge versus AJ Styles. It would just be an awesome match. AJ, Edge is like a fine wine, and Edge has done great in his return, and it would be a match we actually want to see Edge have. I don't want to see Edge feud with, <laughs> with the Miz anymore, which thank fuck they're not. Um, I mean, uh, I guess while we're on the subject of WWE, um, I guess we'll talk about the whole Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, universal title versus WWE title scenario. I mean, I didn't watch Elimination Chamber. I just gave my thoughts as to what I thought was going to happen. I can't really comment on how the show went. From what I understand, the show was okay. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't amazing. It was just okay. Nothing too much to complain about. Um, Brock Lesnar's WWE champion because I was believing those reports when they said when when uh, whoever was reporting it that WWE have no idea what to do with the WWE title. That makes sense because it's WWE and they don't know what the fuck they're doing with in general to run a company. So I was not surprised when I saw that Brock left the chamber with the title. Um, I will say I am a little shocked with Bobby Lashley. Uh, Bobby Lashley is going to be out with a shoulder injury. He's been dealing with a shoulder injury. That's why he hasn't really wrestled a whole lot. It's kind of why the match went the way it did at the at the, the Royal Rumble with the title on the line. Um I think uh, he's going to be out for about four months. And, yeah, it sucks, man. Lashley's going to miss Mania. Um, and it, kudos to the guy for working hard. And a speedy, we wish him a speedy recovery. Um, but it makes you wonder, why couldn't 
You just put the title on somebody else. And from what I understand with the Elimination Chamber match, the positive of it was that Brock was being Brock, and he was being awesome, and he was beating the fuck out of everybody. And people have been digging Brock Lesnar lately, which I have too. He's one of the main things about WWE that I'm actually enjoying at the moment. But it didn't help build anybody else for any credit. Like, at no point did you think that, oh, AJ Styles has a chance to win the title. Ooh, Bobby Lash has a chance to retain because they took him out of the fucking match early. Ooh, Seth Rollins has a chance. Matt Riddle, Austin Theory, like, Austin Theory, bless his heart. <laughs> um, Lesnar just demolished everybody. And my worry is that when we reach WrestleMania this coming April, or end of March, it's April actually, when we reach that WrestleMania and it's Roman versus Bre- uh, Roman versus Lesnar, and Roman inevitably, I believe, will win both titles, walk out of WrestleMania. What is your plan then? Who are the guys you're building up to face Roman? You know, Cody Rhodes, maybe, after WrestleMania. Uh, not Cesaro, that's for damn sure. Uh, Seth Rollins, possibly. I still think Seth Rollins should be in this match against... Lesnar and Reigns because like I fucking said there's a story there with all three of them WrestleMania 31 it's like it's it writes itself and the great fucking work he did at the Rumble with Roman I just I I'm being a dead horse at this point if you guys have heard me in the podcast in the past but I I just think Seth Rollins should be involved but I'm not going to talk about it that much further I just worry about what's going to happen with the company afterwards when Roman and Brock have had their match, which will probably be very good. You know, those, you know, that that is one thing they're doing very, that they're actually like being careful with is that feud. But I feel like they don't really know what else is going on with their plans. And then we'll be back in the situation from like the early 2010s when, um, you know, all they cared about was part-time guys. And, you know, you're having these part-time guys come in like Lesnar and Edge, um, and you're having Logan Paul now align himself with The Miz, so another, uh, you know, celebrity. I'm worried that the celebrities and part-timers might overtake with what's going to happen with um, the main roster talent that's been there busting their ass every single week. Um, I feel like they're just going to, oh, well, you know, it's like, like they, they do this all the time. They do this almost all the time and every year. Um, I just worry. And at this point, I don't know what they're gonna do. I just hope that I just hope that whoever will be challenging next can just gain something from Roman's um, dual title win. And I think that um, it'll be like a similar situation. It's like when Becky won both women's titles. It won't be unified, but it will be like um, the, like you like Roman will be on both shows, which honestly is um, good for both Fox and USA because Roman is a proven draw and people do want to see him. So USA getting Roman for a bit would actually help. Maybe it's a ratings thing and who knows. But uh, but overall, I um, I just worry what's going to happen after WrestleMania. Will we see Cody Rhodes there? Uh, so a report is saying. Uh, another one from uh, Fightful Select. Uh, Cody Rhodes leaving AEW for possible WWE return has been the talk of the wrestling world despite no confirmation of his signing. Sean Ross Sapp addressed Cody potentially signing with WWE in his latest Fightful Select Q&A in regards what he had heard about Cody's re- return. Sean said, I haven't gotten confirmation that he signed yet or anything beyond that. It has been eerily silent 
since probably Friday or Saturday. So it appears that Cody Rhodes has not yet put pen to paper to return to WWE. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe they're still working out a deal. I remember hearing something that apparently Cody wants a bit more of creative control in WWE rather than the money, even though the money was the reason why he couldn't re-sign with AEW. But um, we'll have to see. Um, I do think, though, that that is smarter. I think it's smarter to have more creative control than money because Cody has made his money since leaving WWE in 2016. So, who knows? We'll have to wait and see. I I think as far as an opponent for Cody goes, I think we'd probably see him versus uh, Seth Rollins. Rollins is a top guy that, you know, would be a good fit to have Cody face. I don't think he'd be a heel, though. I think he'd be babyface at first. You know, he'd be, you know, returning home. And it would be very WWE of them if they had him face Rollins at Mania and Rollins uh, Rollins won. You know, kind of like when Sting came in, like, ha ha, WCW lost. Ha 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 ha. Roger Ryder, you're going to beat Larry Triple H because I I crushed WCW. Vince, that was like 20 years ago. (laughs) Oh, Christ above. But getting to the rest of this podcast, let's go through what happened on AEW Dynamite this past week. Um, <clears throat> we there was a few things that I want to go over with AEW. Uh, for one, I want to talk about that MJF promo. Who knew that the most hated guy in all of professional wrestling made me feel sympathy for him, and speaking from the heart, actually worked. I mean, if you haven't seen this promo, you you need to go watch it. So MJF is out there and he's talking about how that Punk brought out this picture of him when he was when he was 11 years old and Punk said, you know, it's just another Friday. He's like, but to me, it was the greatest day of my life. You CM Punk was my hero, and he went out. He's talking about a story about how when he was a kid, he 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 has ADD. He could he can't function. He couldn't function and focus a whole lot. He tried out for the football team, and he made it, and then he sees these other kids from the football team, and he's a young kid. He's excited because he thought he was making friends. And then they had quarters in their hands, and they were throwing it at him, and they were yelling at him, pick it up, Jew boy, pick it up. And he said he went back home. He cried, and he cried, and he cried, but he stopped crying because he remembered it was Friday, and he was meeting his hero, CM Punk. So he's saying that he studied tapes and practiced promos because he wanted to be like Punk. And MJF said that Punk left in 2014 and that when he left everyone, it made MJF quit his dreams until he wanted to be the best in the world in spite of Punk. He made a promise to himself that he would be here he would be here for all the bullied kids who wouldn't quit on them like Punk quit on him. Because if he quit, then he would be no better than Punk. And he said things like, you know, because you can you can wrap me around with that chain, you can beat the little shit the shit out of me. But I won't quit. And he's saying, because my name is Maxwell Jacob Freeman. I'm better than you, and you know it. And he actually has tears in his eyes. He seems genuine. And Punk comes down, and he's talking to him. He's like, "Is it? Is it true?" And he just mouths the Punk's like, "It's true." With tears in his eyes. And I don't know where this is taken. I'm like, this is. This has become more interesting for this feud. It's like I, I feel like the other shoe is gonna drop though, and MJF is gonna make us hate him like he 
normally does. But in this thing, he's become a sympathetic baby face, which is not something I thought we'd see from MJF so soon in his AEW run, you know? Um, I don't know if he's a baby face. I don't think so. I was texting with Sean uh, earlier today, and he's like, did we see a double turn? I'm like, Sean, you asked if we see a double turn every single year, and the answer is usually always no. He's like, you shut your whore mouth. I'm like, no, I will not shut my whore mouth. Uh, he, it's strange to see, but I think, I mean, it's, it's strange, man. It, it really is. Um, could they be going babyface with MJF? I don't know. But at the end of that promo, it, he didn't really do anything that made you think, I guess, man, I don't know. I really don't know, because he still seemed like the same MJF at the end of the promo where, you know, he's like, like, I'm MJF, I'm better than you, and you know it, and he's like, I don't know, man, I'm just very, very intrigued by this, and it makes me more excited for the match at Revolution, but uh, we did have a big debut this week on Dynamite, and that is Buddy Matthews joining the House of Black, um... Death Triangle had had a tag match with the House of Black with but uh, with uh, Brody King and Malachi Black. They had won the match. Uh, Penta had got a roll up on uh, Malachi before Malachi could spit the mist in Penta's face. He Penta put his hand over his mouth and ended up swallowing it, getting the roll up pin. Um, the House of Black were beating up on uh, Death Triangle. And lights go down, lights come back up, it's Buddy Matthews, and he looks pissed at Malachi, he is just standing there, he looking, and commentary is putting over, you know, Malachi looks like he's seen a ghost, like Buddy Matthews and Malachi Black have a long history together, and I love when people come from previous companies to AEW when they acknowledge the history of people, it's like, oh, it's not like, oh, oh, hey, well, we, you know, we were in a blood feud earlier this year, but we're going to be buddy buddies again. It's like, you know, with Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, where Kyle O'Reilly's just like, look, I don't know if I can trust you, but this is, I'll, I'll, I'll try to trust you tonight. But we need to, we might need to trust each other like each other, but we need to work together. And it's, it's a lot. Um, you know, uh, and Buddy Matthews comes in, he looks like he's going to help Penta and, uh, Pack, but instead he beats on Pack and Penta, and then House of Black stand tall with their new member, Buddy Matthews. Um, hopefully, when Ray Phoenix is feeling up to speed, maybe a double or nothing, we'll get a fun six man tag match. Uh, House of Black versus Death Triangle, that should be a lot of fun because I really want to see Buddy Matthews versus Ray Phoenix. <laughs> that would be an amazing, amazing match. Uh, and just all three, all six of those guys in the ring, give it to me, give it to me now, give me what I want. Uh, so much cool shit. Red Dragon are in the triple threat tag match, Revolution, when Kyle O'Reilly last eliminated Matt Jackson as they were working together, uh, pulling a bit of a fast one. Hangman Page goes down after Red Dragon. Adam Cole runs out and tries to super kick Page, but Page bites him off. Hangman tells about how Adam Cole started his wrestling career in 2008, won his championship, and everywhere he went, but not AEW. Hangman tells a story of how Adam Cole came to AEW thinking he could take the championship from him at Revolution, but fell short and received a buckshot lariat. And that sound was a boom. I'm paraphrasing his promo because I can't do this word for word. Still very looks looking forward to this. Um, Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho had a very good promo. Man, Eddie Kingston is one of the best damn promo guys they have. Um... 
Jericho, to me, I'm convinced he's a heel. It's like I am not – I don't want Jericho to win. I want Kingston to win. Uh, you know, Eddie Kingston saying like, yo, well, my man, what's going on with these security guards? This isn't sports entertainment. Why don't you go take yourself down the road and go do that? And I think they were near Stanford Connecticut. He's like, oh, maybe I will take myself to do some sports entertainment. And after Jericho kind of says peace in the first half of the promo, uh, Eddie, Eddie Kingston's like, my man, Tony Khan, come on. Enough of this garbage. I don't want to talk. I want to fight him. So instead, let's get some women out here and let's give them some time on the show. And that's really, really good there. You know, it's Eddie Kingston towards the end of the promo saying things like, all right, great, we got the match. But I don't want the Chris Jericho who fell in Mimosa. I don't want the Chris Jericho who got fall, thrown off the cage from MJF. I want a, the first AEW World Champion Chris Jericho. I want the champion Chris Jericho. I want the Chris Jericho who had your old buddy Levesque hate him. Uh, he just... Eddie Kingston, man, sold this match so well and... All we needed was one great promo segment between between these two to really hype up the match. You get Eddie Kingston to do anything, and he will a promo, and he will accelerate with it. Um, Brian Danielson at the end of the night faced uh, Daniel Garcia after the match. Two attack Brian, but John Moxley makes the save and with a with a steel chair. And Brian says that. Mox told him they couldn't fight together until they bled together, and if that's what he wants, they can do it a match revolution. But not to be surprised if Mox is the only one bleeding. And I truly believe Moxley versus Brian will be a show stealer. Revolution, man, is going to be one fucking hell of a card, and it doesn't even have Kenny Omega on it. Isn't that crazy? Uh, it should be a fun match, dude. I, um, I think... Uh, early predictions. I feel like I feel like Moxley might win. I mean, it doesn't really matter who wins or who loses, but I feel like they're both gonna bleed. And after the match, Moxley is gonna shake Brian's hand, and they're gonna raise their arms up together, and we're gonna get this faction, and we'll get Daniel Garcia and Lee Moriarty and all these guys coming in to AEW to fucking just go nuts and have this fucking faction. You know, I um. I just I love this man. I love this so much. I, I just when I think AEW is gonna zig, they fucking zag. Like I thought, like yes, I want to see Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. Of course I do. I was like, oh, are you want that? How about a faction with them? And they take all the badass fucking guys in the roster, the young guys, and have a faction. Jesus Christ Almighty, AEW. You know, they're just the whole Pedro Pascal meme from from Wonder Woman 1984. He's like, it's good, but it can be better. Like, they're just that fucking meme right there. Oh, man. I fucking love this company so much. AEW restores my faith in wrestling every single week, and I enjoy it. Anyway, guys, that'll do it for this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. I apologize for the uh, shortness of this episode, but um, I got a lot going on right now. I started a new job, my day job. Um, new position at, at my at my uh, the company I've been working for, and um, it's been a lot. You know, been doing a lot with my my, my band Hollow Heroes and getting our music out there. 
Uh, we in my other podcast. I'm a very busy man, but I appreciate you guys tuning in every week. For those of you who do, uh, this is your first time listening. Thank you so much. Uh, you can follow us here on Twitter at TNAWP, TNAWP, so you can hear it a little better. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. That's all one word. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter if you like at CJ underscore twelve fourteen, and you can follow me on Instagram if you like at CJ underscore twelve ninety three. Um, I want to hear from you guys. Like, where do you think Claudio Castagnoli is going to show up? Uh, that poll I have on Twitter at TNAWP is still up. So go ahead and vote. Let us know what you think he's going to do, where you think he's going to be. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. I've been CJ Palmasano, and I will see you all next time.